Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, July 6, 2018, and this is the ride. How y'all doing today? This is a brand new day. It is summertime, summertime. I'm enjoying being out in the warmth, and if it ever gets too hot, I just tell myself, you know, just a few months ago we had snow, so enjoy what you got when you got it. So I've been taking a little hiatus away from the podcast just to get some things done, and um, realized through a dream last night that I needed to talk to you today and by the time we get done today you'll know why I'm pretty sure some of you will know exactly why we needed to talk let's talk let's talk among friends I think we're friends friends trust one another right well you can trust me when I tell you I'm gonna tell you a dream it's exactly how I remember it I guess I'm I know some people who can't remember dreams very well, and I guess I should feel blessed that I can recall a dream. If I do it the next day, I'm good. This gives me a really nice opportunity to capture what I recall from a dream that I feel is spiritually significant. And I recommend to you, if you ever have a spiritually significant dream, and you can recall it the day after, I would say write it down or record it. Do something so that you can go back to it. I think it would be a good idea. The Lord uses dreams to wake us up sometimes, which is kind of ironic since we're sleeping at the time. Maybe it's because our intellectual filter isn't activated. Have you ever noticed when you're dreaming, some wacky stuff can go on? It's because we're not judging the storyline. It's just kind of playing out. And last night was no different. I was traveling and I had a, a comrade with me. It was someone who was my charge. They were learning from me. I was the mentor. They were the mentee, I guess. But actually, it wasn't one of those things. The words should be master and apprentice because it was kind of like a Lord of the Rings type dream. Wow, I just I just saw a guy walking along the road. He's pulling a cart that is probably the size of three shopping carts. It's all covered. It's, got, it's even got a flashing red light on it, like a, hey, don't hit me kind of thing. I'm thinking that dude is walking and that's his life right there everything is embodied right there not much different than in my dream where it was me and this apprentice and it was just the stuff we had on our back and we were at one point we were on a boat I do remember this a sailing vessel right out of Pirates of the Caribbean there were amongst us islands and this was the very first part of the dream so I'm a little hazy on it but but we were going from island to island and I don't recall exactly what we were doing except we were just exploring really 
And I think that most of the islands were fairly nondescript. They were pretty rocky, like rocks just coming out of the ocean. Very few trees, if any. Very little vegetation. But I do recall at one point in the dream seeing an island that had a structure on it. Almost reminded me of a monastery. A lot of these tall pillar type corners. They were the square corners, not the round ones. Maybe it could have been a fortress for military purpose. I'm not sure, but I wanted to go there. And because I'm the master, the apprentice came with me. And I remember being dropped off on that island with my apprentice and the boat took off and we were just going to explore. So the first thing I wanted to do was walk to that fortress, that monastery, whatever it was. The rock of the island was black and it was later in the day. There's only parts of the island that were orange from the sun setting, but that soon faded. And I'm looking at a very dark island, very craggly rocks. And my apprentice has given me the look like, are you sure we wanted to do this? We have no idea what's in that fortress. And I didn't speak in the dream. I just communicated to this apprentice of mine that, no, we're going, we're going to go in there. It'll be fine. So we make our way into this thing and it was a little scary because the stonework of the the fortress was dark as well like it had been carved out of the very stone of the island itself and obviously you had a lot of craftsmen that were involved in creating this thing well we get in there and it's dark and but surprising I can see. I I don't recall there being, you know, flaming torches along the walls or anything like that. But for some, some way, I was able to see what I was doing. And we get to the point where we've explored everything. We haven't found any dangers. It's deserted. And we find a place where we can sleep and get our rest in the protection of this fortress. And I had no idea what kind of weather we might expect on this island. It's in the middle of the ocean. Who knows what storms could whip up. But as far as I could tell, there was no storm going on. But we were protected from any kind of weather issue in this fortress. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this is pretty cool. I mean, I was kind of half expecting that there would be dangers along the way or that we'd have to fight off some enemy. But there didn't seem to be any enemy. And as we started to drift off into sleep, I started to feel this, I don't know, you could call it a paralyzing, not a fear, but just a paralyzing cloud about me. And I could tell that my apprentice was struggling against something as well. I could see, but I couldn't do anything about it. And there was this definite dark cloud around me and around him and I fought against it and I could get a little bit of movement but it's almost like whatever freedom I could get there was more cloud beyond where I got free 
and it just held me in it, it enveloped me so I thought I had some freedom but I, I truly didn't and I struggled against this for a while and then I fell asleep and as best I can recall in my dream my sleep was good it satisfied me but I woke up still in a haze or still surrounded by this haze which was somewhat dissipated I didn't feel as paralyzed as before but I noticed something I was groggy I was really groggy now I knew I had good sleep I don't know how but I knew that my sleep was good but then I woke up almost like I was medicated and then I looked at my feet now this is remember I said dreams it's like your intellectual filter has been turned off I looked at my feet and I had all these little cuts in my feet I mean really small very uniform though all over the place on my foot and there was tendrils that had cut into my foot from I guess the floor of this fortress little ligaments and then there was little knife cuts in my foot and and it was growing into my foot and I pictured these little cuts you know probably a quarter of an inch each very uniform I thought what is going on here and I and I knew Somehow I knew that was the source of the medication that was groggy in my mind. And I could see that it was almost like a plant that had these sharp blades of grass and these ligaments that had cut into my foot. And I thought, if I didn't know this was going on, I could have stayed in slumber so long that that would have completely trapped me in fact I, I at this point I didn't know if I wasn't already trapped I tried to pull my foot away and it, it wouldn't let go it was definitely I was stuck and so I started to yank those ligaments out of my foot and it was painful but somehow I knew that it was the right thing to do I I knew I didn't want to be trapped and the other thing that was kind of interesting was that not only were these tendrils reaching into me and trying to get into me there was also this other plant life that was growing up as well and it was a really comfortable mossy type plant I think it was there to create a bed for me and maybe make me feel comfortable so I wouldn't necessarily fight against the evil plant but I decided I was not going to be trapped and I I had to pull these plants out of my foot and you know I was realizing that my apprentice might have the same problem and sure enough he did I had to take care of my situation first before I could get to him and I woke him up and he woke up groggy and I explained the situation without words (laughs) in the dream I didn't use words Somehow I explained it to him and I helped him as we both 
pulled those tendrils out of his feet. You see, I had to get unstuck. And it was up to me to do it. And then I had to help others get unstuck. What would this have looked like if I had been comfortable and groggy enough that I couldn't recognize the situation I was in? I would be stuck. And I'm sure that the longer I had been there, the more stuck I would have been. Death by a thousand cuts. So eventually, we get free. We recognized our peril. And what we needed to do at that point was leave. It was a place of harm, not help. It was a place of imprisonment rather than protection from the elements. And then we had to get out of there. And, you know, my my ship wasn't there anymore. So we had to walk. And that was painful. Scarred from all those cuts. My foot was rather sore and, and raw. And yet I had to walk on. And I knew, I knew, I knew. I never used this word. But in this dream, the word salve was like the word. I needed to put salve on my foot and then wrap it in a bandage. And that made travel, eh, it made travel okay. It wasn't the best, but it was still, I had no other protection. So I was raw from that experience. And we finally made it through all sorts of adventure things, you know, like treacherous canyon pathways and and bridges over gorges and you know all the stuff that you might find in an adventure movie we went through that to try to find our way out of there finally we came to a small village that had a small boat that could get us where we needed to be but obviously i think the lord was showing me something you know who who would have thought about dreaming something like that I mean, you don't go to bed thinking, that's what I'm going to dream about. Where does this stuff come from? I think many times it comes from the Lord. Remember, we've turned off our intellectual filter. And so often we intellectualize God out of situations when we're conscious. And so here's a chance. I mean, the Lord talks about how... Old men will dream dreams. Now, I'm not old. I'm just going to state that for the record. But even young men can dream dreams. And the Lord gives dreams, too. And I believe in this case he did. He gave a dream to a dreamer. If you've been in the body of Christ for long, you probably can draw a correlation like I'm about to draw. We seek comfort all the time. We seek it for the as the end goal, as the end game, comfort, our pursuit of happiness. And in this case, these little cuts were the price to pay. And these little cuts were slowly entrapping, imprisoning me. And I put myself into that position. So what are these little cuts representing? Well, I don't know. In my dream, I don't know 
if they really represented anything. So I'm going to draw, I'm going to extrapolate this story a little bit and suggest that any type of compromise could represent one of these little cuts that causes us to be imprisoned in that thing, whatever it is. A compromise. Compromise. I just was thinking about the word. I don't know if it means anything, but it's like, it's almost like the word promise, but changed. Compromise. Promise. Whether this is true or not, I'll just go with it. It's like the opposite of a promise. God's promised us certain things. And yet when we do a compromise, we've gone against the promise. If God says follow his word and it'll bring life to you, okay, so then we say, okay, we'll half follow your word. And then maybe we get half life. But, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to do the, the full follow you because there's certain things we'd have to give up that we just don't want to because we want to be comfortable. So that's our compromise. It's amazing to me, and I can be completely honest with you, it's amazing to me that we do this. When we have lived and found that Christ's way really does bring us purpose in our life, satisfaction, and peace. We know this to be true, many of us who have followed the way. And yet, we still find ourselves compromising in certain areas. And just like the traveler and his apprentice, imprisonment might be in our future. The very thing that we were trying to avoid by seeking comfort is what traps us. We can even be trapped in comfort. How is that possible? It, it can happen. You can be in a spot where you're comfortable, but you lack purpose and you lack the challenge that God has for you. And sometimes, I'd like to say all the time, the thing that God has for you will require there to be challenges. The hero needs to have the fight. And that's a challenge. If we seek comfort and safety from the challenge, we might be missing out on our purpose. And I can tell you, as one who has gone through times of non-purpose, you don't want to live that way. It's no life. You need to have purpose. And therefore, there are challenges. But God is with you. And in this story, the master had to attend to the apprentice. I'd like to think that the apprentice didn't have a full understanding of what was going on and maybe could have been trapped had it not been for the master who set him free. We've got people in our lives who need us to be operating in our purpose so they can see how it's modeled so that they can operate in their purpose. If we are trapped in our comfort, that teaches the wrong thing. It almost teaches how to compromise. That's not what we want to be about. Ultimately, we travel through life and we 
need to have the freedom to travel, to pursue our purpose, to win and have success in our challenges. And we can't do that when we let these little cuts of compromise have their way in our life. We have to cut them off. Now, it's best to do it before they cut into your life. You know, you recognize it and you say, you know, that's that's not something I'm going to let in here. And it doesn't scar. It doesn't have to be yanked out painfully. It's never allowed in. If we were honest with ourselves, we are aware of some of the things we've allowed in. Some of the things that we at one point thought, you know what, we'll, we'll never compromise that. And yet, maybe we've gotten to that point where we have. See, what I tell you? I told you that by the time we were done with this, you might hear something you needed to hear. That's the cool thing about this. When the Lord speaks, I know there are people who need to hear it. I'm one who needs to hear this one. My guess is that you are too. Lord, today we've heard you speak through dreams. And in however we take this dream, Lord, I ask that you would speak to the listener right now and confirm your heart in this word and help us if we are in a state of compromise to recognize it and to repent and turn around. Lord, you are good and you are always good. And intellectually, I don't fully understand everything you're about. But I still follow you. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. And when I have gone the wrong way, it seems like a freedom, but I realize later that it was just a trap just a ploy of my enemy who would want to pull me away from my very purpose. So Lord, I'm, I'm grateful that you're long-suffering and that when I miss it, it's like you're that master who comes and says, okay, well, I'll show you what you need to do, my apprentice. Let me just show you what you need to do and you help when I'm trapped. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free today and putting our bandaged foot on the rock. Amen. That was pretty cool. I didn't even, well, you know, that's just God. That's God. You guys do know that I have no idea what I'm going to talk about right before I start one of these things. I mean, never do I write anything down. So if something strikes you as being very poignant, it's not because I came up with some masterful bit of prose is because God decides to speak through people. Now you're the master in this story in the sense that you've got people around you, your apprentices. The challenge to you today, because we have challenges, but we can overcome the challenges. The challenge for you is to recognize what of these cuts are happening to you. Ask the Lord to help you so that you can model a non-compromising position for those around you, those apprentices who are looking to you. This might be people that you work with. This might be people in your family, younger than you or older than you. You can model Christ. If you didn't believe it, please believe it. 
Jesus Christ lives inside of you if you choose to have him there. If you choose to let him be in control. He lives in you. And he's called us to be light bearers of his life. You are not disqualified. You can be the light for those around you. So today we've we've been given a challenge. Yes, I know at times it's difficult, but you know what? Difficult doesn't mean it can't happen. Just like Mission Impossible. Yeah, the missions seem impossible, but then it wouldn't be called Mission Impossible. And you know, they always solve the mission. So it may seem impossible, but hey, with God's help, you can do even better than Ethan Hunt. So let's get the salve on our feet, the bandages taken care of. Let's walk on in the presence of God and in his care, in his leadership, wielding the weapon we need to wield for the moment we find ourselves in. Typically, that's the word of God. So you stay in that word. You live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And never shall I leave you, never will I forsake you. I believe that's what the Lord is saying to you today. Don't compromise and be the one to forsake him. Let's set our feet firm on the path we need to go and compromise not. And I will see you on the flip.